Have you ever wondered how the separate threads of your life fit in to one big picture? How the individual moments of challenge and triumph connect to one another to form the great meaning of your life? I am Anna Mullins, your Life Story Editor, and I'm convinced that making sense of our deepest pain can help us understand our deepest purpose. In my speaker training program and on this podcast, I help people weave together those confusing, often shameful pieces of their past, revealing the life-changing lessons that create their profound new story. Welcome to Unapologetic Stories, where secrets are out and the truth is in. Welcome back, storytellers. I am so flippin' excited about today's edit for so many reasons. You're going to find out all of them or most of them right now. But I want to first introduce my guest before I tell you what is so majorly exciting about what's happening in her world and in her business right now. So my guest today is Erin Ashley. She is the founder of Erin Wellness Supplements. She is also a speaker, and I've tried to have her at Unapologetically Her. We just couldn't quite line the dates up, but maybe someday in the future, we will have her on a stage. She's also a number one best-selling author and on-air radio personality, a weight loss expert, if you happen to have a weight loss approach to your own health journey. Um, but here's the big thing. Her mission is to empower women with holistic Health, a big underline on the word holistic there. Her female focused uh, business and support sup- supplements are a result of 20 plus years of personal experience with hormonal imbalance, weight management, stress, and sleep issues. She lives in Vancouver. She has a beautiful daughter who we'll talk about as well, two gorgeous little poodles. Uh, she is Erin Ashley, and I am so thrilled to have her on Unapologetic Stories. Erin, welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been a long time overdue. <laughs> a long time coming. And that is probably the perfect segue into the big news, which is that we've sort of been waiting. You had a pitch and you were a candidate and a, a member on the show, Dragon's Den. So for people who don't know what Dragon's Den is, it's a CBC show. And if you don't know what it is, you've been living under a rock, I think, but it is the Canadian version of Shark Tank, where Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs go and pitch their business and their ideas to potential investors, uh, in this case, in Canadian investors. And Erin, you were a participant on this show many, many months ago, but you couldn't talk about it because the episode hadn't aired. So we had no idea, at least you knew, and you were carrying around your big secret, but we didn't know that you got a deal. Mm -hmm, I did. You got a deal. So let's start there. I was going to say, it's so funny because we booked to do this, not knowing that it actually would be released Friday. So it worked out the universe aligned finally for us to have this talk today. Um, Yeah, no, I, I, this was my third year auditioning for Dragon's Den. And the first year I went out, it was my daughter and I made Michaela come with me. We stood in line for almost three hours. I had my little sign and I basically had no sales at the time. I just started my brand, um, you know, hoping to get on the show. And they were kind of like, oh, you're cute. (laughs) Come back next year, you know, sorry. And then next year, of course, was COVID. I auditioned again, um, didn't get on again. 
And then this year is actually a funny story behind me actually doing my audition. I had a girl reach out to me on Instagram and I had seen the ads come up on Instagram. And I kept trying to be like, oh gosh, I need to remember to do my audition for Dragon's Den. And a girl reached out and she said, hey, I know you've done Dragon's Den before. Um, I, I have an audition to be like, to be on the show, just the audition part of it. Um, can you give me some advice? And I went, oh crap, I forgot to audition. So I literally set my camera up. I did a one minute audition, sent it into Dragon's Den and then went back and said, well, actually, yes, I've auditioned again this year. I was not on the show, but you know, and I kind of gave her some advice about different things. And, um, and then I got a call, like I got the email about two days later and I was one of the last auditions. So yeah, on the Friday night, I was in the middle of the afternoon, middle of the afternoon. And, um, I did my audition and then they asked me, it was actually two, um, producers who auditioned me this time, which was interesting because usually you have one and it was actually the executive producer of the show, Molly. She was on my audition. And I think just because I saw the numbers had grown so dramatically over the past three years from, you know, basically nothing to where I am now and where I'm planning on going. And, um, so then they called me on Tuesday morning and I thought they were, they, sorry, they emailed me Friday evening, asked me to send them all the products. So I thought, oh, cover, so I'll send them everything. So I sent them each, you know, a basket of six, each products. And then they called me Tuesday and I thought they were calling to ask me how to use the products. Like I literally <laughs> had, I was just like, oh, hey, Tara, did you get the package I sent? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I did. She goes, but I'm, you know, you're luckier and you don't have to wait that long. I'm like, wait that long for what? She goes, we'd like to, you know, we'd love to have you on the show. And I literally just started bawling. Yeah. So if you look on my Instagram, you see, I took a picture of myself because that's just that moment. And then of course um, she said, Erin, you know, this can really change the trajectory of your business. Um, And she said, we just would love to have you on the show. And so um, I was supposed to film right away, but, and I was supposed to fly out literally in two weeks, but then COVID hit and they went on total lockdown in Ontario. So that was one of the reasons why I ended up being a virtual pitch because they had to keep pushing it forward and pushing it forward. Um, so I ended up filming here at CBC and doing it virtually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is, uh, first of all, so serendipitous. And also, right. oddly enough, this is the first podcast interview you've done since this yes. show aired. Yeah. And the year that we were trying to book you for Unapologetically Her, you were at another conference. And that was the year that... Arlene Dickinson from CBC's Dragon's Den, who ended up being the one you earned a deal with and went into partnership with, yeah. was actually our keynote that year. So I even said in the email when you when you sent me the video, I'm like, I am literally crying. And I was because I'm like, this just feels so right for you. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this was meant to be in some way. And just in some very selfish way, I'm like, oh, I love that I'm kind I've kind of played this very peripheral role in like <laughs> manifesting Arlene Dickinson in your life in some way. But it's I, I just want to say, first of all, on behalf of me and all of the listeners, congratulations. Thank that you. is Thank so you. big. So tell us about the deal. And then I want to go a little bit into the pitch process because I think people will be curious about what that feels like from your perspective, but tell us about the deal that you got and um, what it's been like kind of working with Arlene Dickinson up till right now. Well, we, so the deal I ended up taking with her was a hundred thousand for 22%. That's what I accepted on. I went into the den with a hundred thousand for 15%. And I thought that was correctly fair. I also, one of the things I noticed in my, cause I did a lot of due diligence with this was I watched every single episode. And one thing I see entrepreneurs do over and over again is they, 
they pitch based on their expected growth number. So if I think my business is worth $3 million, but I don't have the numbers to back it up. A lot of people go in basing their evaluation on that 3 million. And I went in really, really, um, I believe fair. And like I based my evaluation on 750 to about a million dollars, which my company is doing, it's scheduled to do 750 this year, but I was at 500,000 already. So I was really fair with my evaluation. So I know going in, I think that's why I got three offers because I was smart doing that. I didn't go in with some crazy evaluation. Um, right. So I had, I had three offers. So Wes offered me, um, I believe it was, oh gosh, I almost have to watch the episode again. I think it was <laughs> um, 30% for a hundred thousand. And then once he got paid back, it'd be 15%. And then Arlene was the first one to offer. And she was the one I came in for. Um, and that was 22% for a hundred thousand. And then um, Lord Guzzo offered me I believe it was 25% for a hundred thousand. And I asked him for a bag of popcorn too. They didn't put that on there, but <laughs> a bag of popcorn. And he's like, absolutely. So, um, and yeah, so then from that point on, you basically sit and wait and you wait for Arlene's people to kind of reach out to you. Um, and then they just start filing due diligence because when you go on the show, which is interesting is you don't show any numbers. So I could get on the show and basically everything I've said about what my company's doing is not correct. I could say ah. it's doing $3 million a year and it's not. And I think that's, there's a, the percentage of deals that actually end up happening are very, very tiny. There's not oh, many. That's okay. That's yeah. interesting. So what, instead of up, up front, nobody vets you and says, show me your financials so that your story that airs makes sense. What they do is the opposite is you tell your story the way you perceive it and know it to be true, including yeah. your numbers and accounting. And then after the fact, if you get a deal, then they say, all right, prove it. Or this deal is now reneged. Yeah. And they can still, I mean, for the most part, it's, I mean, it is one of the things I've learned too. It is television. So they want to be obviously really interesting. And that's why a lot of people kind of go on with a little bit of a gimmicky kind of thing, right? Because yeah. that's, what's going to get airtime in all honesty. And I kind of was a little bit more level. If I watch mine, you know, I don't, I didn't ride in on a bike and I didn't like do much <laughs> singing my song walking in. Like I was pretty, you know, did the pitch. <laughs> Um, there was not a lot of gimmicks that I had going on, but, um, yeah, so they don't actually do any due diligence for numbers until after. And so, yeah. So then afterwards we started doing due diligence. I think we started like, to be honest with you, probably in July. Oh, wow. And so I started working with somebody then at her office who had been with her some time. And then that person ended up leaving, um, her. And so then I was kind of on my own kind of sitting there waiting. And then actually Arlene reached out. So it's kind of neat because Arlene reached out to me and asked, can we please have a zoom call? And I'm kind of like, it's so funny. You think like, oh my God, am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? Is she going to tell me? I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, maybe she's going to tell me that she doesn't want anything to do with me. And she's like, well, if that was the case, she'd get somebody else to tell you that. She's not going to take her time to tell you that. I'm like, that's a good point. Um, and we had a really, really great call. I really like her a lot. I really respect her. You know, she was a single mom raised her kids, created this business. I have just the utmost respect for her as a businesswoman and a mother. And yeah, as a person, she's so kind. Um, we had a really, really great kind of heart to heart talk. She asked me if there was anything I didn't get to say on the den. And one of the things I didn't get to talk about was my contribution to the downtown East side women's shelter that we've done since we started the brand and how that's a really important part of my mission as well is making a difference in the women's lives who are at need. And so, and in that moment, I kind of got a little emotional when I was talking to her and, you know, she said to me, she goes, Aaron, that's, 
that's when you're doing the perfect business. She goes, if you can have a business where you're passionate about, she goes, obviously that's the case, that you're making a difference in people's lives with health. And then on top of that, you're able to also help women in need. She goes, that's really the perfect trifecta in a business. And I said, yeah, you know, I feel like I really have hit the jackpot with being able to do all those three. So that was really lovely. Um, and then I had another call with her. Um, she had a business in the States. And so she wanted to discuss kind of if we had some, you know, interest in kind of talking more and more about maybe the two brands somewhat and how our alignment would be between the two. And then it kind of got quiet again. And then I heard another person reached out and I had a call. So it's been kind of these like ongoing calls. So we've never, I haven't signed anything yet to this date. So her lawyers reached out to me less than three weeks ago. Now her lawyers, her team member, and said, we're just drafting up the paperwork now. So I'm still kind of waiting to see at the end of the day, um, using this for marketing is obviously, you know, a win-win situation. Yeah. And I think also the way I kind of see it is if the deal doesn't go through, I'm okay with that because now I, I know her, like she said to me in our call, she's like, you know, you have my email, please feel free to reach out. If you ever have questions, you need like, you know, that kind of thing, which I really wow. respected that. And I thought in the future, like in two years down the road and my company grows bigger, there'd be an opportunity then where I could maybe reach out again and say, Hey, it's Aaron. And if you remember me from Dragon's Den, I'm looking at, you know, scaling up right now. Would you be interested in X, Y, Z? Right. Oh, and I so love that. It's really opened up or opened up the opportunity. And the biggest thing, I think this is something every entrepreneur should go through. I, I really do. After experiencing this, the due diligence I did on my end to do this show you know, I had meetings with my account every week. I went through the Dragon's Den glossary and I had flashcards and I'd write the word and on the back, I'd write my answer for my business, like EBITDA, net mar like net margin, gross margin. Um, you know, what's my, like all the different things I had, my cost, my this, my that. I had everything written down on flashcards. And I would do flashcards all the time. And so I really understand my business inside and out. And I think that's such a gift because you have a different perspective then. Cause I think a lot of the time as entrepreneurs, you can just get going and you just kind of on autopilot and you're just doing that's right. Understanding. Right. So, um, that alone was a really, that was probably the most invaluable part is I really get every part of my business now. Oh, that, you know what, that's so true. Like if you think about it, I mean, even as you were saying that, I'm like, oh man, I would have to go and sit down with my bookkeeper, sit down with my accountant and have them like, I, I mean, I know what they, all of the terms mean, but do I know how to communicate that succinctly yeah. with a number attached to a potential investor? No, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> not well, know. And even looking at, you know, how, because I, my business is my name, right? So it's Aaron Wellness. And looking at how do I make the brand become the star? I still obviously want to champion the brand, but it's because those are some of the questions they'd asked me that didn't get aired. You know, they said, well, you are the brand. So what happens if like something happens to you? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, how do you make the brand more the star, which is something I'm focusing on more in 2022. And we have some really cool ways in which we're doing that, but making the brand more the star where I'm still there, but I'm not you know, if something to ever, God forbid, happened to me, or when I do sell the business down the road, that the brand is still able to have, stand on its own two legs and doesn't require me to be the one that has to hold it up. Okay. Well, yeah. I love that. And obviously if you're bringing a partner on board, there's somebody else there. Is that yeah. why it, speaking about this and, and saying the brand has to stand on its own, this, the brand has to shine, which I think is great advice for any entrepreneurs out there listening. Is that why Arlene appealed to you most because of her marketing background and being able to really help you 
with that. I know in your video, which I'll link, by the way, for anyone who wants to watch the CBC video of Erin getting her deal from Arlene, Mm -hmm. it'll be in the link in my bio when this episode airs. And you do say that marketing and that kind of online marketing piece and scaling Mm -hmm. it in that way is where you needed the most support. So is that what drew you to Arlene? Because the other offers were great too. They were. The thing too is Arlene's already in the natural health space. So she already works with entrepreneurs in natural right. health in my uh, my industry. She's quite well known for that. Um, so that's the big part of it. I mean, I have a pretty, I have a lady who helps me with marketing and she's actually the VP of a, one, one of the largest supplement companies in Canada. And I consult with her and I contract her. And so I have a really good marketing person too in the kind of my back pocket, who's <laughs> dear friend to me. So that's really great. It was really um, Arlene understanding the business already. So it wasn't like with Wes, you know, he would have been great, but Wes is not in natural health, right? So he doesn't understand how it works or how our industry functions or, right. um, you know, distributors, Arlene already, she knows my distributor purity. She's aware of CHFA, which is our governing body. She knows what MPNs are. She's been around the block. She understands that component of the business. So you're not then educating somebody who's supposed to be your partner or mentor, right? That's Mm. what I kind of thought. Yeah, no, I think that's super wise. And I love this idea too, of creating this brand that stands apart from you. Now, when I look at your brand, so somebody like me, for example, I'm actually delivering the services. I'm literally doing the coaching in my line of work. Yours are actually products and yes, they're named after you, but somebody could pick up that bottle and not know you, I would think, and still be okay because, and there's this kind of brilliant new thing that you have on your bottles, your supplement bottles actually come with QR codes now so that somebody standing in a nutrition aisle who sees Aaron wellness. And even if they look at it and think, is it Arion? Like what is, what's yeah. happening here? Or they don't know that it's you necessarily. And yet they scan this QR code and tell me what they get. Cause that's a huge product differentiator from everything else on the shelf. Yeah. And that's, that's how I got on the den, to be honest with you, was the fact I'm using these QR codes. So um, on the QR codes, when you scan it on the front of my bottle, it's, you know, it says scan here and learn more. It's, I wish I could put scan here for the program or, but it's, that's the easiest way to kind of make people hopefully scan it. When you do scan the QR code, every single bottle leads you to a 30 to 60 second video where I'm explaining what's in the product, what the ingredients are and what this product's going to do for you. And these are claims I can make based on my MPN, which is a natural product number, which is what you have to have in Canada in order to have supplements on the shelf. You have to show that whatever your claiming this product does, I have the scientific data that backs that up. In the States, they can kind of, it's it's more like the wild, wild west. You can stay whatever you want down there. Here, it's very different. I can't claim anything that's not on my NPN. So on that video, I'm telling you everything this product can do for you that I have scientific data for. But then I've also taken it a step further, you know, based on my own issues with health and wellness and hormones and sleep and weight loss. Um, I know there's no magic pill. And that's a really big um, thing for myself is to get that message across that you can't, you can't just take my products and everything's going to be okay. It's not going to work. And I'm being really honest with you and telling you that, but this is why I've taken this step further is I put meal plans in there. We have vegan and non-vegan meal plans. They're beautifully done. Um, you know, there's seven days of recipes with um, pictures and shopping lists and all sorts of stuff you can get in there. So the two of those, and then we've taken another step further. And every single one has a pull-up menu, which talks about 
whatever the issue is um, of the product you're taking. For example, with Reclaim, we actually go through the four cycles of a woman's uh, monthly cycles, the follicle, ovulation, luteal, and menstruation. We go into the different foods you want to eat, the different movement you want to do during that time, things to pay attention to hormonally, where you're going to be sharpest. And maybe you want to go do that presentation. And maybe you should book not doing a presentation on certain days. So really looking at um, how you can educate yourself and fall in line with your more hormonal cycle and how that can, how you can use that to your advantage. And then we also have um, like affirmations and the stress support product. We have workouts and lose it, but all of them have so much valuable content to help our consumer on the journey. And that's really where my, my mission of empowering women with holistic health, where that comes from, you yeah. know, there's, I call it the five pillars. We have five pillars at Aaron Wellness. And right now our website is getting all redone. So if you tune into the website in January, it's a new you, new year, new us. That's where kind of our little slogan is in January. We have a whole new website. We're going to be really revolving around those five pillars. And the five pillars are the thoughts you think, the friends you keep, your daily movement, nutrition, and then supplementation. And that's what we try to really translate in these QR codes where we're giving you the support you need to make, to add these five things to your life, to make the changes you need to of course have sustainable health and wellness. So I'm really, really proud of that part of it, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. And you should be, I mean, your, your work and the reason that I really, really have loved kind of getting to know you and getting to know your business and working with you this past, I think year, I don't even know. I I have no dates in COVID anymore. I'm I'm so not grounded in anywhere. So I don't know when that was, but um, one of the things I just really, really loved about you was And what I still love about you is your willingness to talk about your own personal journey with these issues. So your personal experience, as we said at the top with hormone imbalance, weight management, stress, sleep issues. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and what brought you to this particular line of work that you're so deeply passionate about? Yeah. Um, when I was, uh, I mean, I was always an overweight kid. And so, I mean, I have a book bulimia to balance. It was, you had mentioned it went on number one on Amazon, but when I was 13, um, I was kind of always teased relentlessly for being overweight. And I was put into weight watchers at 13. My parents were trying to help me kind of get things under control. And about 14 years, I remember seeing that meeting, sir, I'll say as quickly and looking around all the women there. And I kind of realized they're all 30 and up and here I am 14, 13 years old. And it's kind of realizing I'm too much like in my body size and I'm just not enough. Right. And I really had that, that really kind of hit home for me. And then when I was 14, one of my classmates told me about his um, sister who was struggling with anorexia and bulimia and how she just kept losing weight. And they were really trying to help her. And she had to go away to a facility, a hospital. But in my mind, I just heard, hold on a second here. She eats whatever she wants and she's skinny. What? And so that's really, I went home that day and tried it for the first time. And that started my battle with bulimia that ended up being about a 25 year battle. In that meantime, I also started doing, um, I also was put on the hormonal birth control when I was 14 to help with acne, periods, weight gain, all those stuff. I had really painful, heavy periods. So I started on hormonal birth control, which then I switched over to the hormonal IUD in my 20s. And I came off in my 30s. And I came off just around the time that I really made the decision um, to help do some work around my eating disorder. So it kind of is interesting how it all kind of morphed at the same time. Um, but when in my 20s, I started doing fitness competitions. And so I'd restrict myself heavily for weeks on end and do over-exercise and do these shows. And the minute the show would finish, I would fall back into my bulimic tendencies. And when I was around 34, no, sorry, not 34, I would have been 37. I was around 37 years old. And that's when I kind of just got off the hormonal IUD as well. Um, My daughter almost walked in on me purging. 
And it was kind of in that moment when I rose up and I caught my reflection and I was like, if I don't get a grip on this, this is going to be her. And that really is what started my journey. And then it was in that time that I had stopped the hormonal IUD. So I had this, you know, I, my hormones were a mess. My cycle was off. Um, I didn't get my period for sometimes months on end. I, my metabolism was really sluggish because I had been restricting my food so much. I'd been over-exercising. I had to really work on a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, the thoughts you think the main pillar of air and wellness um, to get myself back to a point where I was not only healthy physically, but also healthy mentally as well. Um, and that really is what started the journey back to my sustainable health and wellness. And, you know, I look now where I'm at and I'm 47 and you know, I'm in such a different place with my body and uh, more of an appreciation, more of a love, more of um, I, I'm not, food is not my enemy. I don't exercise to punish myself, a place I never really thought I'd be, but it took me like years to get here really. And when I kind of came to a point where I had worked through the nutrition, I worked through, you know, having my support network, right. Had people support me, my friends that you keep, um, my cognitive behavioral therapy, nutrition movement. I moved, worked through all that stuff. And then I started looking at more supplementation that was available. And that's when I couldn't find anything on the market that was available to me. Right. And that's why I reached out and started looking at doing my own brand. And in that, I wanted to create a brand that wasn't about being like, take this and everything's going to be awesome. Um, Cause it's not true. I wanted yeah. to create a brand in which I could say, take this and it will support you. But you know what else we're going to do? We're going to include as much as we possibly can within these five pillars. That's going to support you to find sustainable health and wellness. So that's oh. really how it all yeah, morphed in together. So it's been kind of funny. It's interesting to watch the ride. Now, when I look back, even talking about it, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I can see how that all connected. <laughs> yes, I can definitely find the through line there. And I can see, I mean, there's nothing I love more than when pain brings us to purpose or we yeah. have a problem, we kind of figure out in some way how to fix it for ourselves, at least to get us to that next step of wisdom mm -hmm. or innovation. And then we have this turn to service where we say, and now I want to give this to other people who have experienced the same. And I want to pull that through my brand. And I think you do that so beautifully, but there's this also this other kind of like service oriented part of your company and your brand that you mentioned sort of briefly earlier, but I want to talk about it a little further because it's super important. You also send donations from every product sold of Erin Wellness to the downtown East Side Women's Shelter. Can you tell me why that's important to you? Yeah. I mean, I started the, for the first bottle we've sold, there's been a percentage going to the downtown East side women's shelter. Um, before I was doing it on gross sales, I've had to make it on net sales. Now I was kind of like, oh, this is getting really expensive. <laughs> I want to donate, but uh, you know, I'm not making any money. The company's not going to be around long if I keep doing that. So <laughs> those are those like, very important accounting terms. They are. When I was talking to my account, she's like, um, we probably shouldn't do it on gross sales. I'm like, no. And she's like, no, probably net. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That good reason to have a very good accountant and bookkeeper note to self always That's have a right. good accountant and bookkeeper That's right. um, she's invaluable to me but nonetheless um when i was a teenager and when i was going i left home at about 16 years old and i put myself in a lot of precarious situations very dangerous situations and um I, I was on the street for a number of years. And if it hadn't been for these grassroots organizations, I, there's, I wouldn't be talking to you. There's no way. Wow. And so to me, when I created the brand, I could see there was an opportunity there for me to make a difference in women's lives who were, you know, 
had had because a lot of the time it's not just choices a lot of the time it's just stuff happens and you get put into these situations and you need help and so if there's a way I can do that with my business that's what I wanted to do and so yeah we started from day one doing that and my big hairy audacious goal that I that's my my thing I'm really wanting to do eventually is my mom has always volunteered at the Calgary Women's Shelter and she's a lifelong learner and so I've always thought in my head, I thought about it about a year ago, I'm like, it'd be the most amazing experience eventually to build a library or do something in her name and donate it to them. So that's something I'd really would like to do in the future. So that's kind of my, my longstanding goal <laughs> down the line. I love um, but since that, yeah, no, we've been doing a donation every quarter and I've always done that. And I think um, if you can, as I said, if you can kind of have those three things and create a business that is also with purpose and giving back and helping others and you really are it's just a jackpot right you wake up every day and i'm excited to do things you know for the most part sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's like oh but <laughs> yes but that i mean yeah. th- those are the monotonous things that happen when yeah. we run a business or when we go to work or when we parent our children or when we have to yeah. clean our home or i mean all of there there's all things in life that we don't necessarily love but you yeah. know i'm i just constantly constantly go on and on and on about finding our why, which is such a cliche, so cliche, that phrase now, but figuring out why you're doing what you're doing. And I say this often with uh, clients that I work with yourself, but also authors, I always say like you are, you're not doing something by accident, what you are doing in the world, whether you think that you love it or that there's purpose in it or not is not an accident. You have arrived in a certain place for a certain reason at a certain time. And when you figure out why you're there, even if you're kind of on the wrong path, there's a reason that you are on that path. There's something in you that's either stopping you from moving to the right path because there's a story there we're holding on to, mm-hmm. or you have a story like yours, which says, listen, I was 13 when it was brought to my attention that I was not enough. Yeah. I was, and probably even earlier than that, maybe it was internalized as well. And by 16, you're living on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. There is a connective piece there. And just even seeking, you know, seeking male validation all the time. There's so many years I spent, you know, it's been interesting. I'm, I'm single now and I've really decided, made a very conscious effort to stay single for a while. And that being because I, you know, I was constantly seeking people to, and I know that now it's like, oh my God, my dad showed up again. Right. Like, so it's, <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. realizing the inner child in me and taking time now to, that I can just focus on myself. Right. I've been very clear on that in the past little bit too, to just spend the time focusing on me and focusing on the business and focusing on my daughter, um, instead of worrying about having a person in my life. Right. That's been also something very recent for me. I mean, if it happened, it happened, but I'm not, Um, actively going out and looking for it anymore. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's our own personal decisions and journeys to find that joy. But I actually love that you've embedded a social world and a social life into your pillars as well. So whether or not it's a relationship, there is health in connection and in finding connection with other people. And in your particular case, also in this very kind of abstract way, connecting to your customers as they're walking an aisle in the nutrition store across the country, or even down into the US where I think eventually you'll probably have distribution as well. I just think this is, it's such a great brand. It's such a great story. I love how all of the parts have kind of come together to create this moment for you as you stand here and say, listen, now I'm a partner 
with Arlene Dickinson, for goodness sakes. Like this is what these trials and tribulations have brought you in your life. What would you say? Because I, I'm sure people out there are listening saying, you know, I've been met with hard times or maybe they didn't end up on living on the street or needing a women's shelter to support them, but they've had situations that they needed to overcome. And then they listen to you as I listen to you. And I think how in the world you are just so confident and you feel so empowered and you feel so assured in who you are now and can speak this truth and articulate yourself and your brand so beautifully. What kept you going? Like, what was that thing for you? that you just kept looking ahead and saying there's something more or there's something better. I, I think one of the things, I think I've shared this with you too, and we've done some of this work um, when we've worked together, but I just look at what I, I mean, I technically shouldn't even really be alive putting myself in some of the situations I put myself in. And so I believe that there is a reason that I made out, I made out of everything. Okay. And I am going to talk about my story eventually Michaela being the age she's at, I want to wait till she's graduated um, and then I can really kind of dig in more into my story and what the yes. truth, you know, my journey is um, just waiting until she's done high school. So in the next five years, <laughs> and then we'll give the brand enough time to get its own legs. I'll be, but I, I guess I just think um, it, I I'm alive for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I made out of those situations for a reason. And I believe part of that reason is to share my story with others and to let them know that no matter what your choices are, you can always make new choices every day. And they don't have to be these big, huge ones. Um, they can be the little tiny lists because those little tiny lists add up to something. You know, if you want to start a business, if you're trying to leave your, you know, your ex or your, leave your partner that you don't want to be with anymore, there's little tiny actions you can take towards that will bring you closer to those steps every day. And so I think that's been it. It's just understanding that I, I feel I have to, it's almost like I have a, I feel like I need to <laughs> do this. Yeah. This is sort of what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I think it's just taking little steps because taking, if we look at things in a big whole picture, I mean, if I looked at, oh my God, seven products three years ago, having seven products, that's, that's just too much to get the MPNs and do all the work. And it, so it's little, you know, every steps every day, or even going on Dragon's Den, practicing every day, right? hiring a pitch coach, getting the flip yeah. cards, like yeah. doing these things, these actions every day. And then brought me to the point where I was able to present and then, you know, so yeah, I think that would be it. It's just the small things. Right. And I, I, I love this too. And even as you said, with your, um, product, it's offering even affirmations, there's a mm -hmm. mental health component to this as well. So when we think about supplements, we're all often just thinking it goes physically into our body and therefore it's a physical uh, it's a physical product and it's meant to help us in a physical way. But so mm. much of your work really has this intersection with Huge the perfect. mental health conversation as well. So talk to me a little bit about what that means to you, but also why it's important that we are not ignoring mental health in favor of physical health, particularly right now in the world after three years of this nonsense. Well, I mean, the thoughts you think, right? That's the first pillar of air and wellness. And it really is the most important thing. When I look at how I had to work through my eating disorder, when I look at um, having to change my life in different circumstances, be it when I was younger to now, it's, it all starts with what I'm thinking about things. If I'm thinking, and you know, I'm sure you've talked to your listeners about this too, right? Thinking, you know, fear, fear-based negative thoughts, you're not going to move forward. You have to really train your mind that every time you go into those situations, anytime that the mind goes into that point of place, you have to shift it. So the thoughts, you, you know, thoughts create feelings, create actions or non-actions. 
And so catching yourself when you find yourself um, thinking negatively and changing that conversation. When I, you know, was healing out of my eating disorder, there'd still be moments where I'd want to binge, but I'd have to change the length, change the thoughts that were in my head. And when I changed the thoughts in my head, if I felt myself feeling my anxiety starting to build and all of a sudden I wanted to eat and eat and eat, I'd shift the thought about the fact I can always eat this if I want to. And I disconnect from the situation. I take myself away from the food, go for a walk, create, like change my action as well. So I think that is, and when you look at health and wellness, if you are in a fear-based or um, negative thought pattern all the time, what that does to your body biologically, it actually raises your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone. When your stress hormones are constantly elevated, that affects your metabolism. It affects your sleep cycle because it's going to affect your melatonin production at night. It's also going to affect your estrogen levels and it actually can create more estrogen dominance and that can then affect weight gain. So even the simple act, and I talk about this in my webinar, the one we have, uh, we worked on together. Um, the first thing I always talk about to people is the thoughts you think learning to catch yourself and change those thoughts can change how your body's responding before you do anything. And so it's really important that the thoughts you think be something that we look at when we look at sustainable health and wellness. Um, you can hook yourself up to all the ashwagandha in the world or Aldam or store my product restore in the world. But if you're in a fear-based thought process, you're still going to have high cortisol levels. You're still going to be really stressed. You're still going to be in that fight or flight because you're constantly going to be, you know, circling this story that you have about um, you know, poor me, or it always happens to me or whatever that is for you. But if you can shift that and shift that conversation and have empowering thoughts, use affirmations, catch yourself when you go into that thought pattern and change it to, I am loved. I am, you know, I'm, I'm safe. I am whatever that needs to be for you. Then you can make a change on your own health and wellness just by doing that. And it's such a, it's a small thing, but such a big thing. And, you know, even with weight loss being, you know, I'll, I'll never lose weight. I'm so fat. Those thoughts, those thoughts affect your health and wellness. I believe personally, by looking at all your food and feeling guilty for eating something. And I don't know if there's even studies to prove this, but I've always believed this. If I'm going to go into eating a dish of food, feeling guilt and shame, I believe my body metabolizes it differently. It just to me would make sense because <laughs> you know, it's going to raise your cortisol levels. That's so right. really, really learning to catch yourself is super, super important. I think that's why that has to be the first thing is looking at that part of it. Right. And then of course the friends you keep is your support network. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people who don't want to be healthy, it's going to be really hard for you to be healthy. We hear that all the time. Women who have a partner who eats pizza and, and doesn't want to work out and doesn't want to do anything. And she finds it really challenging to motivate herself to make changes when somebody is not right. So yeah. So that stuff's all really, really important. Yep. Super important. Um, I, I just love this and always starts with thoughts. It's, it's so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific thought that you carry with you that really guides your day, your routine, your kind of resiliency and ability to kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other? Is there a certain thought that you really hold close to your heart? Um, yeah, it's go be brilliant. Go my, be brilliant. That's what I say to Michaela. I have it tattooed on my um, arm. My stepdad actually used to say it to me, go be brilliant. And I just thought, and brilliant can change from day to day, depending, you know, your brilliance might change one moment to the next, but as long as you're doing your best, you know, that's, Eckerd, I think, no, sorry. It was uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, right? The four, the uh, four agreements. Is that the four agreements? Yeah. Always do your best. So that's the whole, one of the four agreements, yes. do your best. Yes. I think if you can do your best and you go be brilliant in whatever that context is for you in that moment, 
um, that's the most important thing. Yes. I love that. Oh, I just love that so much. Uh, I can't believe we're getting to kind of the end of our time here. We just, as always with you, I feel like I could talk to you forever and and just about all the things you just have so much wisdom, Erin. And where, if you're out there listening and you're thinking, where in the heck can I get these products? Mm -hmm. Where can people get your products? I know online is one of them, but talk to us about where you are. We're in 350 stores across Canada. We've been listed into Whole Foods. I haven't done my Whole Foods announcement, but we're on the shelves in Whole Foods too. Um, But we are everywhere. GNC, Whole Foods, Body Energy Club, Healthy Planet. We are everywhere across Canada. Um, And of course, online too. So if you Google, you can buy it on Amazon or you can also, there's tons of online retailers who support and carry the brand too. So you can really find us anywhere. And then of course, you can always visit us at our Instagram handle, um, at Aaron Wellness. We have lots of fun in our Instagram. So you can always come over there too. I love that. Now, I always close with secrets are out, which is just a little rapid fire that we can kind of end with some, hopefully some humor and some inspiration. So sure. I've got a couple of questions for you that I'd love to close out with. Sure. Uh, the first one yeah. is related to the past, let's go two and or three years, however you're calculating the COVID timeframe. Yeah. I would love to know, because it's been so hard on everybody. We've had lots of ups and downs and life has just changed dramatically. What is one thing that has changed in who you are as a result of the pandemic? Hmm. Um, I guess I slowed down more. I still, I mean, people who know me think I'm still probably operating a thousand miles a minute, but I think I slowed <laughs> yeah. down in the sense I enjoy my downtime more. I've been, I, I never really did that much before. And I actually, I've enjoyed not being out all the time. <laughs> I actually like being at home, so right. home when I thought I would, you know, I, um, yeah, I think that's been the big thing is enjoying being at home more and just appreciation of being able to see the people that I love face to face, right? You have, I have a very different appreciation for that. Yeah, that's exactly, I, I would say the same for me as when the world kind of forced the slowdown, I think I realized about myself how much I love being slow. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like being slow too. And I think the other thing I really became really appreciative is teachers. I am yeah. so appreciative of these teachers who go in and teach our children and are advocating for them and want them to do their best because being a teacher, I'm telling you, I think a lot of moms can, you know, and you might be able to resonate too, because I believe you're, you obviously you had your kids at home too, I did. but just, oh my gosh, but the work they do is pretty spectacular. And I don't think we appreciate them enough. <laughs> so I 100% agree. When, right? when COVID first hit and we had to do the homeschooling Mm-hmm. part, I guess, like whatever you I didn't even know what we even call it anymore. We just started off really positive and with a bang. And by the end, I had just given up. I had a conversation with somebody. Oh, I can't remember another mother from, it was either a podcast or a phone call or something. And she had said to me at that time, I'm actually just done. I'm just letting the school know now that <laughs> there will be no more learning we have hit our max and there was still about a month left to go in this, in the kind of formal school year. And we talked that out. And I thought, you know, that is my kids aren't happy either. They, they were really struggling and we were trying to navigate, like, 
I had a a kindergartner and then a grade four at the time. And it was just so drastically different between the two, which I know is not a typical environment for a teacher in the school to to have kids that far apart in age, trying to navigate two curriculums. But yeah, I hear you. I think the, the work of teachers and the magic of actually educating and making things stick is like, that's a a huge skill that goes severely under-recognized. Yeah. Michaela really struggled as well. Michaela's like, I'm an extrovert. Michaela's like a super, super extrovert. So she had a hard time. It was really challenging. Well, and she's like, she's, how old is she now? She's 13 now. Oh yeah. So she's right in that age too, where the social life is your everything. It's everything. Her friends are everything right now. I'm not as important anymore. (laughs) No, no. And in a way it's like, I mean, I look at my own kids and I think five-year-old still believes that the family is the only social unit in some way. So there's like little birthday parties and things that they do and activities, but 13, that's a tough age to go through something like this. I have just massive amounts of empathy for that challenge for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. Well, let's finish with, let's finish with this. If you could provide, I'll be, I'll pretend I'm slipping into your DMS and telling you about a dragon's den audition that's coming up. But if you could provide our listeners with one tip, if they wanted to pitch to dragon's den, or if they just wanted to pitch to an investor, what's your key piece of advice for them in taking that giant leap? I would say one thing. Um, gosh, Cause there's more than one. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously know your numbers, know your numbers inside and out really know your numbers. I think that's the big thing. Um, after working with a coach that I had, I really realized how invaluable that was. Yeah. I worked for every week, you know, for an hour and do the work. Like if, if you think about putting yourself in the dragon's position, what would you want to hear? right? What would you ask? What questions would you want to know if you had millions and millions of dollars and somebody's pitching you, you know, what would you want to hear that would make you change your mind, make you want to invest in somebody, right? So, but know your numbers. You see a lot of people who don't know their numbers. So I guess that would be it. I absolutely love it. Oh, I just love it. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show today and just for being in my world and being such a constant inspiration. Everything I see of your work, I just think, Wow. But you just, you're, you're a woman who supports other women, which is just massive in my world. And I just will never, ever, ever stop loving you for that of all the other things that you do, knowing that you just support women and support women entrepreneurs and really celebrate them and cheer them on and see them for the like brilliant people that they are. I think you are magical. And I congratulate you again on behalf of everybody listening for this just awesome, awesome opportunity to take your business and really blow it up. That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> and blow it up in the best way possible, not in best the best way possible. Exactly. In the best agree. way possible. And thank you again for being a part of Unapologetic Stories. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining this edit of the Unapologetic Stories podcast. If you're ready to share your truth and rewrite your personal life story, connect with me at unapologeticstories.com for all the details on speaker training, storytelling, and strategizing your way through this one big life. If you've enjoyed listening, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app or Apple Podcasts. 
And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetic Anna for new speaker training start dates. Until next time, stay brave, stay unapologetic, and keep bringing in your truth.